Welcome to the Road to Wellville podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Terrell. Together, we will explore our own wellness journeys, nurturing body, mind, and spirit. Join me as I talk to top wellness professionals from all over the world with a wide range of backgrounds and specialties. I invite you to discover, discuss, and design your own path on the road to Wellville. Welcome, listener. Today, I am so excited to introduce you to Lauren Brokaw. Lauren Brokop is a meditation and spiritual coach, a yoga teacher, and Reiki practitioner. She sees students privately and in group settings for meditation and yoga here in Orange County, California. And she also works with um, students online. Lauren, I met you in yoga teacher training, I think it was like seven years ago. It was so long ago. Um, And I still remember the yoga class that you taught in that teacher training because it just really touched my heart. Um, your kindness came through your real authenticity. Your story was so powerful to me. And that's why I'm so excited to have you on today and learn more about it. Um, I remember that we were all sort of like entranced in your, in your, uh, practice. And it really meant, uh, brought this sort of gentleness. And, um, I remember, really making growth just from that one class. It really made such an impact on me. And the way that you just kind of connected with all of us as students was also really powerful and personal. Um, I know that you've had quite a journey to get to this place and I'm really excited to catch up with you and learn more about what you're up to right now. So welcome. Yes, thank you so much for having me. And yeah, I can't believe it's been around that seven year mark or long time ago since that. And Thank you for sharing that memory and having that of me. Um, It brings me back into a time when we were just, you know, in teacher training so young and just so passionate and excited to share and learn from each other. And um, it's it's nice to see yourself through someone else's eyes. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to like really dive into your experience and I wanted to kind of go back to the beginning because I know that, um, you know, in this series, I interview a lot of people that are on this kind of healing uh, path for themselves and then helping others on their healing path. And I know that for a lot of the people that I speak with, there's like an early situation or event that starts to set this on, on the path. And sometimes it's one event, sometimes it's kind of a series or a situation. So I was just wondering if you had any sort of early experiences or situations that set you on this path? Absolutely. Um, There's one particular that definitely set me on this path. And I have to say, you know, for wellness is I think we all start to wellness for me is nourishing the mind, body and spirit. And I think we all start off really well. And then we kind of get Um, life and, you know, habitual patterns and just uh, starts to um, take its toll on us. And we start to get disconnected from our intuition. And I want to go back before I kind of tell you about that pivotal point in my life. But I come from the Midwest and I come from a place of, you know, we didn't eat so great growing up. And, you know, my family probably doesn't want to hear that, but we didn't eat so great. So growing up and, um, And there's what I remember about kind of my starting a shift for me was when we're eating these cereals and these pop tarts and stuff in the morning, I started craving soup and I started wanting to, in high school, I remember chopping up vegetables and starting to make soup for breakfast. Mm -hmm. And um, to me, that was like 
going and looking back, I'm like, that was my intuition. That was my body. That was my spirit telling me that I needed some different nourishment in my body. It was, wasn't serving me. But then I remember it was a whirlwind after that. Um, it was all about school and accomplishment and achieving and getting the right career. And I just remember go, 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 doing, 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 accomplishing, achieving, and um, just kind of going through the motion, the motions and uh, checking off all the lists and the titles and things like that. And in my early 20s, kind of the pivotal point that you're asking about was what kind of got me back to feeling, um, to connecting with myself again and getting back in tune and thinking about my wellness and nourishment was um, in my early 20s, my mom got sick. She was diagnosed with cancer and that, um, that shifted everything for me. That um, was my pivotal point. Um, I, she ended up um, I was right, it was right out of college and I had a career in advertising, just started off in advertising. And that was what I was, I was focused on. I was focused on achieving, accomplishing, getting, um, you know, like I said, all the, the to-dos done. And when that, when I found that about, I always felt like there was something more, there was something that was missing. I was, I wasn't feeling connected. And when she got sick, it was that wake up call for myself. I ended up being, um, her, her caregiver, my brother and my sister and I, and I quit my job. And that was, um, when I quit my job, that was the last four months of my mom's, my mom's life. And during this time, and if anyone has ever experienced being a caregiver, it, it's a lot of energy. It, um, you're giving to somebody else, you're concerned about them, but you also are giving from yourself. And so intuitively it started getting, guiding me back to my intuition. I would crave that I needed in the morning. I needed to go for um, a run or a walk. I wanted to rise with the sun, something I haven't done since my early high school years. When I started craving that soup, I would get up and I would try to get up before everybody and go out for a run with the sun. And little did I know that was, that was grounding me. That was connecting me to myself. That was getting me really connected so I can make really good decisions for myself and nourishing ones throughout the day. And I forgot about that. And so when I became a caregiver for my mom, I um, recognized that if I had to um, care for her, I had to care for myself. And cause I had nothing left to give if I was empty and I needed to give to her. She needed support and she needed love through this time um, as she's going through this. So I would do, I started realizing things like my mind, my body, what I was putting in my body needed, I needed to look at what I was doing for my soul. I needed to make sure my soul was nourished and um, quiet time for myself so I can process my emotions and what I was going through. And um, she ended up she ended up passing after those four months. And I always say, I wish the story went a different way. And I had this wake up calls, um, you know, there's a different journey in the book. Um, but I always say that was the greatest gift she's ever given me. And I'll probably get teary eyes as many years as it's been, but she, it helped me wake up. It helped me get back to myself and realize that I am this, this being that needs nourishment, that needs in mind, body, and, and soul. And so it started that, this journey of recognizing where I put my energy, where do I put my creativity, where do I put my time, how do I set boundaries for myself. It started me to get in relationship with not only with other people, but also look at my relationships with food 
relationships with activities and all those kind of things. So it started to, um, so I ended up not going back into advertising because I wanted something different where um, I was just craving something where I was on my own timeline. And I actually got in with a company that supported um, that, that allowed me to do, um, go, get, get in relationship with yoga. So I was with a company that shared, um, allowed me to um, get into this realm of wellness. And from there, it just, it just spiraled into this practice of getting, um, learning meditation, learning yoga, um, reading a lot of books on wellness and all this stuff felt really true to my heart. It just felt like, oh, this is my intuition again. This is my driving force. This stuff makes me feel good. This is um, finding balance in my life. Um, and I realized that my life was lacking that before, you know, there's, there's a great thing about doing and accomplishing, but there's also a great, um, there's a balance to that where there's rest and relaxation and self-care so we can continuously create, but create from an endless source versus creating from depletion. Mm. And, um, that's where I was at, at that point before. So, um, I started to, and it just turned into this. I decided I want to make this a career and that's continue. It is my journey right now and will continue to be my journey. Um, and what I teach is what I, I practice myself. Um, and I believe that, you know, wellness is about nourishing the mind, the body and the spirit all goes in together. It's just not one or the other. And it's a really about to, um, trusting your intuition. We all have this wisdom inside of us, what works for us, what doesn't work for us, what we need, what we don't need. Uh, um, and it's different for everybody and it's different every day. And, um, that's really that pivotal point was her, her passing and her sickness got me to realize, you know, you know, where was she putting her energy? Where was I putting my energy? Where is my family doing that? So it was, it was that wake up call to reconnect with myself and see, and see where, um, where I was lacking nourishment, where I was lacking balance, um, because we're meant to be alive and we're meant mm. to be joyful and we're designed that way. And, um, I was feeling really depleted. So it was all about tuning back into, okay, where can I, where can I find that healthy balance in my life again? And where can I feel like I'm not running on empty and um, feel restrictive and stress and all that stuff. And that's what brought me into this journey of this, this healing wellness world. Yeah. I love that you brought up, I love all the things you brought up, but especially this, this um, importance of joy, you know, like what you're saying. And I mean, what a gift that you are, that you went through this and that you have developed this wisdom and this, um, this intuitive sensitivity and that you are sharing it with others because yeah, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying about you wish that your story had had a different outcome, yeah. but you, you, you learned from it and you are like, you know, sharing that wisdom with others, which I think is so great. And that's just something I see from you, uh, you know, and I follow you on Instagram and stuff is that you definitely infuse joy into your life, you know, like with whatever's going on, it's like, you know, that's a big part of it. And I, I love, that's something I need to learn. <laughs> like, that's what I'm working on. And I love this podcast because it's, this is what brings me joy. Um, yeah. so I feel like I'm following my joy and I'm kind of, sometimes I get what you're like, what you're saying, I work on this is like, I feel like I should be working. I should be doing more. Like I need to do this, this, and that. And then I'm like, but wait, this is flowing. This is where, yes. you know, my, my intuition is telling me to go. And maybe I don't need to push, push, push. Maybe it's more of like a flow 
this kind of like feminine energy. Um, so I'm sort of in the process of learning that right now. And I guess we probably all are, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm still learning it. And so what you're yeah. seeing on Instagram is I'm teaching what I'm going through and what I'm learning. So I'm teaching that, you know, I'm choosing that joy and I do have, you know, moments that are not easy or I feel restrictive and dark, but I use those, you know, you become the observer of yourself through these practices and you catch yourself when, um, when it's not serving you. And the more you start to catch yourself when things aren't serving you, the easier they are just to fall away naturally, where you're not forcing anything, like you're saying that restrictive behavior where you're just allowing and accepting and moving through, which you can even see as I'm talking to you, my body language language mm -hmm. changes when I actually say the different words. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely, um, it's definitely a thing for sure. Yeah. It's in your body, not just in your mind, yeah. not just in your spirit, but like you said, it's in your body. You can see it in your body. You can tell, I can always tell in my voice, like if it's my inner wisdom talking or if it's like my inner mean yes. girl that's up here, like all the, la, 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 or is it my wisdom talking? You know, I can feel it in my body too. And that's one way I try to sort of differentiate between those two things. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're talking about a lot of different things. The one of the things we're kind of talking about right now is energy, right? Yeah. And I know that that has a lot to do with uh, yoga, you know, from our class and uh, our training and teaching yoga and also um, Reiki, you know, and, and I actually learned this from um, an earlier guest about that, you know, that the key in Reiki is like chi, you know, it's that piece of energy. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, because I feel like a lot of people have, I mean, similar definitions, but to you, what is energy and how does it affect our lives? Yeah. So it's interesting. I get that question about energy a lot. And for me, it's really hard to describe in words. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do right here now, I'm going to have us both close our eyes because okay. I think it's um, important because like I said, energy to me is really, yes, you can, we can put it into words, but it's really an experience. So Michelle, let's go ahead and join me and let's just close our eyes for a moment. And as you close your eyes, just soften back and start to find your breath and take a few deep breaths in and out at a pace that feels good to you. And as the eyes close, the gaze turned inward, just start to take notice. Notice your breath. Is there a sound? Do you feel movement? Notice your heart rate. And you have, can you observe that there's a difference between when the eyes were open and now when the eyes are closed? And notice the energy in your body as you bring your awareness to your eyes, as you soften back and breathe and pay attention to your eyes, what do you notice there? And then take that awareness to your brain. Can you feel movement, a vibration, a fluttering, a pulsation? Just simply observe, no expectations, just feel and tune into your energy. And then just notice your whole body. Can you feel temperature on your skin? Notice the outer edges and then notice what's going on inside and just take notice. 
And after resting here for a few moments, taking notice, watching the breath and observing, has energy shifted for you? So when you're ready, just go ahead and open your eyes. So your experience with that, you can feel energy, right? Can you? Absolutely. So to me, that's what energy is. It's, it's that movement within, it's that vibration, it's that subtlety when we turn off the noise um, and feel our true life and our vibration. Um, you know, it's when we go to the beach and we, and that, and we feel um, the ocean and the power of the waves and we're not even standing in the ocean, but we can feel we can feel the energy and people say the ocean is healing or, you know, go out in nature because we're in, we can feel that the trees have a vibration. They have an energy that is, um, that um, moves through us, you know, and we can feel, um, and we can shift our energy as you see, you know, talking and communicating, there's an excitement. And I noticed when I closed my eyes, my heart, my heart rate was vibrating. I could feel my heart because I get excited to talk and have these conversations. And I could feel, okay, there's my, at first my energy was really excited. And then as I started to breathe with you and connect, I could start to feel my heart rate slow down. Um, I could feel movement shifting. And to me, that is energy is an experience. Um, and we, um, and I think an, a great way to think about energy too, is we're able to think of it in the extremes, right? Like kind of high energy and low energy. And, and we also could feel it like when it's like in the, in the middle and the balance. And I'm sure we said, before to ourselves, like, oh, I was just in a situation where it wasn't good energy and I had to get out of that. So what, it, you know, what does that mean? That means is it's a feeling, it's an experience that we can tune into that guide, that really guides us. Um, you know, it's like kind of our own navigation system, our own, our own compass um, that kind of, that tells us um, kind of how to navigate and where to go and things and what we need to shift and what we need to change. And to me, that's really, um, that's, that's energy. You know, there's so many definitions and so many, you know, ways to explain it, but I, I really like the experience of it. So I hope when listeners listen to it, they take a moment to close their eyes and do that little practice. Absolutely. Yeah. And I just want to say, um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about Reiki with you, but, um, I've had Reiki done in person several times mm -hmm. and, um, I always, I feel the energy flowing. I, you know, it's helped me deal with fear. It's helped me deal with, um, a lot of life changes. Um, but I've never, I haven't had it done remotely before, even though I know it can be done online. And I've talked to a lot of people who do it remotely. And I know, you know, for me, I have done some Reiki training and my definition of Reiki is, is, is being the channel, right. For like the universal energy, um, and just help in you're just, you're not healing anybody. You're like facilitating their own body and energy healing. Right. Yeah. And, um, and that's what I've always felt. But just when you took me through that, like, I felt like I felt lying on a Reiki table with someone who had like crystals around me and who was doing all the work and the music and everything. Like that was so powerful. Your voice just took me there and I could really feel my own energy and I could actually feel like things getting unblocked. And like you said, I felt the total shift from, it kind of felt like changing a channel. Like before yes. when we started talking, we were on CNN, you know, <laughs> and then all of a sudden I just changed it to like key jazz music or something, you know, like it just, it just yeah. felt so different and, um, and so good. 
So yeah. thank you for doing that. Cause I, I know that it can be done remotely and I have actually kind of practiced it remotely, but I've never felt it quite as profoundly as like we did via zoom. So yeah, that was yeah, really wonderful. cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for participating. And like you said too, um, it's really the practice for me, Reiki is the practitioner holding space because you are your own healer. You have the answers inside yourself. So it's really holding that space for that person to feel really safe and in, in modern ways to look at it because it's such an ancient um, healing modality is to look at it to allow that person to go into the relaxation response because when we are you know adrenaline's pumping and we're stressed out we can't we don't heal in that situation mm -hmm. when we're in the relaxation response that's where the body starts to heal because we're in an expansive space and that's where energy can start to flow through and move through where it needs to go because if you know disease is, is blocked energy you know fear is energy stuck it's blocked in our and it's blocked in our bodies i always think of the analogy the garden hose um, you probably have heard this before too and i'll share it for the listeners is, you know, I'm going out to water my garden, I'm pulling my hose with me and I'll, and I'm spraying all of a sudden, there's no water going through, right? So I can't nourish the, I can't nourish my plants. I can't nourish my flowers because there's a kink in the hose, but the water's still flowing, but it, it's built up right there in this kink. And what's going to happen is it builds up and then I can't nourish. And then it also builds up and that hose might eventually wear down or break or, or snap, you know? To give to give a visual mm -hmm. for that so um to me that's what we're we're unblocking those channels and that the hose is under stress because a kink is like a stress in the hose right mm -hmm. so it's like when we unravel it and we smooth it out we create that flow and guess what i can do i can I can water my garden i can nourish my plants the, ener the energy is flowing through um and when you're a practitioner you hold that space so that person can relax get out of their kinks um, feel really safe and comfortable and they can tune into the life force energy that's in them and it's it can be called anything life force energy prana chi we've heard different names from different modalities and it's really tuning into that because when that's flowing through us that's when we're we're alive we're more vivacious we um you know disease can't live when when there's a flow because it's just consistently you know, detoxing and ridding itself, you know, think of the, you know, the river, it's just constantly changing and flowing through the rocks and the patterns and it, the debris goes down river, right? And it flushes it out constantly. Mm -hmm. So when that's happening in our body, that's when we, um, we're more, we're more, um, healthy and nourished. So yeah, absolutely. It's like the stagnant water, right? That's yeah. where all the bacteria grows. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else that you wanted to share about Reiki before we move on to another topic? No, I just think it's a great um, opportunity for people to, you know, I think sometimes with meditation and Reiki and things, they're, they're foreign to people they're mm. um you know they're not standard in um they're they're coming to be part of our culture you know but and in the eastern world they have been around for a long time but i think you know people get just it's really simple you know to not over complicate it or over mystify it it's really just tuning in to your energy and i think we all do it intuitively like i was saying back mm. when i was young and i would say well this this pop tart doesn't make me feel good in the morning. You know, it kind of throws off my balance. It throws off my homeostasis. So it's just like, um, and that's what Reiki is. It's really, um, 
it's really just tapping into the life and the energy that you are and being back in tune with it. So um, to, to really just simplify it for people and to give it a try, because you never know um, what's going to work for you and help you have a breakthrough. So I'm saying try all the things. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. A, yeah, like a wide toolbox of yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of interesting what you were saying about because um, I was I, I was thinking sort of the the medical terminology maybe to go along with what we were saying is um, when you were saying uh, kind of getting in that flow is kind of like turning on the parasympathetic nervous system, yeah. right? Like getting into that relaxation mode. And I think you know doctors and even like allopathic uh, medicine now is recognizing like that's a vital place. And you know I, I know I've talked to people about Reiki who say you know well, I went there for my sore knee and I don't understand. Like I was expecting someone to put their hands on me and massage. Like they're expecting this physical therapy or something yeah. to um, to help their knee pain. And then they're like surprised when it helps and they're like I don't know they didn't even put their hands on me but it's like what we're talking about is like it's like that kink in the hose right and you don't really have to like touch anybody to mm -hmm. to to unkink that like you said holding space yeah you know it's just like too if you have a young child and they have like an um like butterflies in their stomach or something you know and it's not they have an upset belly and maybe they didn't eat anything they're just nervous about something and you intuitively as a mom or a caregiver you you tell your child to like breathe and quiet down and kind of communicate to their tummy to and then all of a sudden they feel better you know it's and to me that's what um it's it's that communication and tapping into that again and it you know it doesn't have it's not this necessarily some you know professionals we put our they put hands on or it could be hovering over or it can just be it could be verbally online like this it's just mm -hmm. um it's just it's that connection it's you know yeah yeah it's funny that you say that about mamas I remember my when I couldn't sleep when I was little my mom used to you know lie down in my room and she would do this thing and then when I was um doing yoga learning more about yoga and doing teacher training I was like she's doing a body scan with me like yes. that's totally what she did and um yes. and it worked every time <laughs> every time and I, I think too about like when you give someone like really give someone a hug you know, like sometimes we hug, we're like, we're, Hey, what's going on? You know, and it's quick and it's wonderful. But like, think about when you really hug somebody and you take that moment, that heart to heart connection, especially if you're the person that had a really bad day, or you haven't seen this person for a while and you, you sit there and you breathe with them and you hug them and you brace that hug and you open yourself up to it. You can literally start to feel yourself calm down. And, um, if you're in, or you can feel your heart that was closed because you went through a, you know, a hurtful or hard moment, you can start to feel your heart open back up. And to mm. me, that's, that's the energy we're talking about in Reiki. Mm -hmm. That's the healing that's happening, you know, cause when we're blocked, that's where it's stuck. And that's where, like you said, the stagnant water where mm -hmm. <laughs> everything, you know, the disease breeds. So, so hugging is Reiki. Yeah, to I love me, it. It <laughs> I really do. Um, I really believe that it is. Um, we take that time to embrace people and hold on to them. Um, and we, and we don't just go through the motion of it. We are present um, with each other and each other's breath. We can feel each other's energy. And that's why hugging, I think, shifts people and why we feel so good and why we want to do it. You know, it's interesting. Like, why do we want to do those kind of things? Is because there's something to them, you know, and they're simple. They're part of our life. They're natural. You yeah. Know. yeah. And we're totally missing it right now. I can't yes, wait until 2020 is over and we can be hugging again. I <laughs> well, I think you kind of addressed this a little bit, but I, I wanted to go cycle back to it a little bit. Um, so, yeah. you know, 
from your classes and um, what you're teaching, I noticed that a lot of your work is centered around creating this calm connection with your inner self. You know, we we're talking about intuition. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to know a little bit more about what does that connection look and, and feel like to you? And what are your kind of daily practices to cultivate? You talked about going for a run, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, can you tell us a little more about what it, you know, kind of what it looks like and feels like for you and how you cultivate it? Yes, for sure. And I always think it's interesting talking to someone who met me later on in life versus like in the beginning, I asked my aunt the other day and I said, you know, people always say I'm so calm and, you know, cool and stuff like that. And she kind of smiles back. I'm like, what was the, you know, Lauren used to be like, and she's like, you know, what? you were always grounded and calm. She's like, but you know, you, you could feel your high energy or your, your, your stress at times like that. And um, so I always wasn't like more high strung, I should say, you know, like I was wanted to be such an achiever. I was so high strung and this perfectionist, Type um, a. you know, oh, so I think we've all, most, a lot of us can probably relate to that. So it took me a while to, to, I believe we all have this calm and this, this grounding sense in us and it looks and shows up differently in everybody. And, um, the ways I tap into it is, yeah, it used to be going for a run. Like I would hit the pavement, especially if I've had a really rough day, I'd go hit the pavement and kind of let my thoughts go out there. But my daily practices now is, um, I get up every morning before the sun rises and I, I meditate and I, first I start, I put my tea on the stove, I get my tea ready and while my tea is boiling, I, um, do breath work. I do, um, some pranayama or breath practice um, as my tea is boiling and that's just simply I can I'll breathe in and out just um, follow an inhale equal count exhale I have different practices depending on what I need and then um, I have my tea's ready and then I go into and I meditate um, in the morning as well and sometimes if I'm feeling called to I'll journal um, afterwards it's just kind of depending on my time or what I, I feel called to do and sometimes that morning routine shifts and changes maybe it's more journaling less less, um, you know, less meditation or I, you know, whatever it may be, but I do always, um, breathe and meditate in the morning. And I also try to have an afternoon practice too, kind of right at, you know, the end of a work day or, um, kind of that evening time as the sun's going down. And I said this in an ideal situation, yeah, with the sun going down, but it's more of just like less when I feel like I need to decompress and I need to let my experiences go through me. Uh, move through me. That's kind of my afternoon, my evening practice. Um, and I also, I, I practice yoga too, and it necessarily doesn't look like an hour flow practice. It's, um, I intuitively now I've been practicing and teaching for a while. I do postures and movements that, that I feel that serve me in that time and that space. Um, and so that's kind of my, that's my kind of daily routine is uh, meditation. And I try to also hit the beach and take a lot of walks. And I think journaling too is a big part of, cause as you're walking and you're decompressing and you're letting experiences move through you, um, things show up and it's, I think it's always a great way to get it down on paper. Um, whether it's a creative thought or um, it reminds you of an experience that you're ready to let go of or you see a connection in something it's kind of to me it's like the food journaling that nutritionists do it's kind of like the meditation journaling to move through um, move through your life experiences and I, what you were saying to go back to creating a calm state um the reason why I do this and my actual, my Ayurvedic doctor, my practitioner said this to me and it just totally clicked. I'm like, yes, this is, this is why I do this. Um, this is why I intuitively crave that meditation in the morning is because 
it, it brings me to myself. It connects me to my soul. And to me, my soul is my true self. It's, um, it's what drives, um, my decisions. It, what, it, what's, um, it's the reason it's who I am, you know? And so when the morning, when I connect to myself, my truest self, and then I go out into a world, which is bombarded. Can I say that again? Bombarded. I'll go this big with messages, with imagery, with this things. And you said the word before I should do this. I should do this. I should be like this. I should do this. I should be this by then and all this stuff. It's, I can I'm, I've already been grounded in myself where it's easier to make decisions that connect with my soul that don't pull me away from it. But don't get me wrong. I'm human. Right. <laughs> like we are. And I get pulled away from that all the time. And I think it's important to create that calm, whether you're practicing yoga, um, whether it's a strength practice or it's a soft practice to me, that calm is um, grounding and that calm is where we're expansive and open to receive mm -hmm. when we're like go 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 and it's, this is why people can't sleep at the end of the day because it's like we're constantly going and then we want to just shut off and go to sleep and we're wondering why we can't go to sleep at night it's because we never gave ourselves that moment throughout the day to slow down, to decompress, to move through. You know, we're not a machine where we just hit a power button. It, it, there's this point that we need to wind down. Um, and so for, to me, calm is a great word. It's because it's very open to me. It's where we're open to receive new information, whether it is a yoga practice or it's work or whatever it is. So we're not restricted by our walls, our interpretations, our stories. Cause to me, that's not calm energy. That's restrictive. That's heavy. And that's a place where we're not willing to receive and how you kind of said what I can, you can tell when you're moving from your head space or you're moving from that flow space. Um, and to me, calm is that place where we create um, where the flow can be. You know, mm -hmm. not saying we can't be strong and movers and shakers and, you know, all that kind of stuff, but it's just, it's different. It's an area of just kind of doing and going through the motions versus being really present and in that flow state. Um, and that's another topic we can go off on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And let's do it again. Let's, let's schedule yes. this another time. Yes. Let's talk about that. Yes. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. And even like what you were saying about the receiving, receiving messages and receiving, you know, guidance from ourselves and maybe even receiving like, cause I think sometimes when we go, 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 and you know, you were in advertising, right? So you were saying you're bombarded with all these like messages of what you should and shouldn't be doing. It's like, we're go, go, going because we want to get that promotion or, you know, we're earning the money because we want to send our kids to the school or whatever it is that the, the should, should, should. It's usually, I think a lot of times it's not selfish, you know, it's sort of like, how am I supposed to be serving other people or whatever? Um, and you know, you're, I think you're, you're, you were kind of saying like, you're put, you're giving the universe this kind of, um, message of like reflecting or, or repelling it, you know, whereas like when you're in that calm state, you can receive, and maybe those yeah. things are going to show up in your life in a different way that you weren't expecting. Yeah. You know? it's, it's, it's like you absolutely can, you know, prepare for your children and have goals and accomplish things. Yeah. But a different it's a different feeling where you're a lot like you said allowing it to happen versus like I have to get this done and do this and it's just um and it's a different feeling and we wear ourselves out we deplete our battery when we're constantly not moving from that flow state you know and we all know what that feels like because we're you know I, I think people can relate that to that burnout feeling to that feeling of fatigue at the end 
end of the day, you know, we have an endless supply of energy when we're connected to it, um, when we allow it to move through us. Um, and how good does it feel when we are in that state? And, you know, like if you ever like, you know, had writer's block or you're just flowing with writing, you know, that's a great example to show where the ideas just start to come in and you just, you follow that. It might not be the exact way you wanted to follow it, but if you follow it, you realize that if there's a reason why it's taking you there and you're not feeling so restrictive and hard and heavy, like you're flowing through it versus carrying this heavy weight with you as you're, you're accomplishing it. Does that make, you know, yeah. kind of an example of it? Yeah, absolutely. And I started to think about the Reiki and the holding space uh, and being the channel for the energy, because then it's almost like you're doing that too. Like if you're in that relaxed space, maybe whatever you're writing, you're actually channeling this energy that's coming through you. That's divine rather than creating something from this, like you said, this limited space where from the depleted space. Yes, I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> So I know you kind of, you know, you touched on uh, what you went through with your mom. And I know there's been other times I just recently lost my grandmother yesterday and my other grandmother has COVID right now. And I'm just feeling like, you know, I'm going through some pain and working through some grief and stuff as well. And so I wanted to talk with you a little bit about how, how do you think pain can transform us? And I think for all of us, you know, going through COVID, whether you've lost someone or you lost, um, you know, plans that you were making, or you lost a job, like, you know, there's just so much pain going on right now too. And so I just wanted to talk about how pain can transform us. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sorry, Michelle, it's, it's hard, no matter, you know, you say grandma, no matter what age or anything, whether it's a person or an animal and, you know, um, loss is hard and it mm -hmm. is painful. Um, and from my own experience, speaking to that is that pain, um, it trans it transforms um, pain. It reminds us. Um, it gets us to wake. It to me, it's a it's a wake up too, and um, it reminds us what's most important to us. It reminds us how resilient you we are, and how strong and powerful we are, and not from and powerful from the space of light and heart. Um, you know, the darkest moments I looking back at my own life again, the darkest moments have always brought me to my lightest moments. And, um, and when you're experiencing pain, my best advice for you, for you is from someone who's experienced pain, um, and over different times and different ways is to, to be with it and do your best to love yourself through it and realize that you are enough. Um, and it's, you know, easier said than done, but if we can just hold space for ourselves, like we hold space for our best friend, when our best friend is going through pain, if we can be that for ourselves when we're going through it, um, we'll, find, um, we'll find more ease and grace when we're going through that pain. And I really do think it's an opportunity to challenge and transform us. Um, and I think it's, it's a little signal and I refer to analogy of like the body, right? So when we might have a little ache or pain in the body and we can ignore it, you know, and that, that signal starts to get a little bit louder, right? If we, we ignore that, um, um, 
that pain. And, um, and then finally we're just like, we can't ignore the pain anymore. It's excruciating and it's chronic and stuff like that. So then, and then we deal with it and then it allows, it allows an experience to move through us. Um, so that pain was associated with something. Right. And if we just let it sit there again, like that, it kind of goes back to the hose, it builds up, but if we allow it to move through us, um, it has a power to change and transform us and remind us of that we are um, we are light and it it will pass. You know, we know life is not this linear line. We all know this now. It goes like this and that way and that way and up and down. Um, and then, you know, I think if when we do look back at those moments, we realize that like, wow, um, I'm so glad I went through that. And there are moments, you know, I go back to my relationship with my husband and before we got married um we had went through the loss of my mom we went through a loss of a business um he had a terrible injury um that we could have lost him and i'm so grateful that i went through all those painful experiences with him to know that this is a person that will be there as my light and my support throughout our whole life when we go through because you don't know what's going to happen to you you know you mm -hmm. never know what life's plan is for you so i think it just reminds you that how how brilliant and you um, resilient you are and how you can adjust and change and transform to whatever is thrown at you. And it really just, um, it just brings us back. It wakes us up, it reminds us who we are. And if you are going through pain, I think a good thing to do too is to, is to journal because when we journal, it reminds us of ourselves. It reminds us how resilient we are, or it reminds us that it will pass. If we start to let those thoughts go out and we can be the observer of our thoughts and see that, we can see, um, see how this is not forever. And we can see how we are separate from this. So if I'm separate from this, then it, it will move through me, you know, but we have to allow ourselves to experience. And I, I don't know if it's Mumford and Sons or, um, or whatever, what band it is. And so sorry to the band, if I can't remember, but there's a line that says it's better to feel pain than nothing at all. And to me, like, I resonate with that because when, as I was talking through my years where I was just kind of accomplishing and achieving, I was kind of just numbing myself through all the doing, you know, I was numbing myself. And now I'm just like, I want to, instead of really experiencing everything. And so to allow it to move through you um, is really important, I think. Um, and to just hold yourself like you would hold your best friend. You know, we're so hard on ourselves as individuals. Like, why am I dark right now? Why am I experiencing? Why am I fearful? Why am I sad? You know, I shouldn't be like, there's those shoulds again, that pressure we put on mm -hmm. ourselves, that shame, that guilt, all those things. And where we can just, um, we don't do that to the ones we love, but we should love ourselves just as much as we love those others, you know? So it's just um, hold yourself in that loving awareness like you would for a, your child, your best friend, your family, whatever it may be when you're going through that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. I think um, uh, it was interesting what you said about the numbing, you know, because I think, uh, again, I think that's... Um, at least with the people that I know and stuff, it's sort of a shared experience right now with everything that's going on, you know, whether you numb out with your social media or uh, television or food or alcohol or anything else. You know, I think, I think a lot of people are numbing out right now from this pain. And um, do you have any practical takeaways as far as um, shifting from that numbing? Like if, you know, I know I'm, I've gotten into that habit recently of like, I gotta put my phone down, you know, because yeah. I know that this is like, this is a numbing experience right now, you know? 
you know, and first too, it's just, you know, if you get into that, it's like, we were so hard on ourselves. It's like, if you find yourself, oh my gosh, I ate a packet of cookies because I was trying to numb whatever was going on. It's just, you know, you ate a packet of cookies. It's it, you know, you're going to be, it's not, you know, and just, so be a uh, notice that and just be okay. Don't shame yourself for it. And just realize that, okay, I'll make better, you know, I'll make decisions that, that didn't make me feel really great. It actually kind of made me feel a little worse. And then I crave more. And then I, that's, you know, catch yourself in that cycle. Cause when we catch ourselves in that cycle, when we're present with ourselves, that stuff falls off naturally. These habitual patterns that don't serve us, they fall off naturally when we begin to observe ourselves. And, um, so practical tips I would say is, um, one thing in particular, if you get that moment where you're, I think people, a lot of people are getting set off right now. Like they're kind of on their, um, we have a lot of emotions going on. So, um, people aren't, we're not sleeping really well and things like that. So when you're not sleeping really well, you could be really reactive. Right. So a tip to do is just kind of just kind of like you were taught when you're a child is to count to 10, you know, there's a breath thing, just close your eyes, take three deep breaths, you know, just stop, pause, close your eyes, take three deep, three, three deep breaths before you respond or you react. And I guarantee it will shift that response. Um, another practical tip too, is I know it's holiday season. Um, and we, it's kind of, you do want to watch sometime, maybe the holiday movies and stuff like that. You know, movies are great and laughter is great too. So, you know, find it something that maybe will, it's funny and uplifting to watch. If you, if you feel called to, um, you know, turn on the TV, um, watch something that's going to make you laugh out loud laughter. Um, it, it cures, it cures the soul, man. It just, it feels so good. It sheds, um, the heaviness that we have going on. Um, and I think to, um, get out and walk, you know, I'm not going to tell people like meditate, you know, go and meditate for 30 minutes, but go out and walk and just go, um, you know, take, just go stroll to the closest, you know, beach or park or find a tree or something like that in your neighborhood even if you're in by a lot of buildings just go out and walk because walking is very easy it's something our bodies do but you know what do it without headphones do it without or maybe what my tip is I do it with headphones but I have nothing going on in my headphones mm. I do it because it's just a sensory thing it's just more like I'm closing off the external noise so I can go inward. Mm. And then also people think I'm on my headphones listening to something, right. you know, <laughs> they don't distract you or disturb you. Yeah. They don't distract me. Yes. That's cool. Um, yeah. And then, sorry, I just noticed I, you know, did the silly thing where I didn't plug in my, my, my computer. So I'm just making sure that I have enough. Oh, enough <laughs> well, I just wanted to actually, yeah. I wanted to kind of bring it to a close and there's actually yeah. a lot more that I would like to say to you, but yeah. um, we'll talk again. Yeah. I wanted to keep this one kind of short. So, um, how can listeners find you? Yes, absolutely. Um, so the best way to find me is I think Instagram is a great way to find me. Um, it, my Instagram handle is at L just the letter L bro cop V as in boy R O K O P. So bro cop, but cop with a K. And, um, that's a great way to find me. Um, I post, you know, my schedule on there where I'm teaching how to get a hold of me. I also have a website. It's just first name, last name, Lauren always evolving the website right now. So just, um, when you enter that, but that's my contact information's on there. Um, and I also teach at SO live well in Newport beach right now. I have classes going on there. Um, so yeah, those are the best ways to get a hold of me right now. But Instagram's a great way because you can quickly send me a message and have my information there and my access to my website through that. So 
Awesome. Okay, great. Instagram and, um, and your website, and then you schedule private or group, even online sessions all over the world, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So I either go through the studio, you can sign up through that. Um, also I do, I privately, so we can do that. Um, I can work with you wherever you're, where, wherever you're at, because now we can have this wonderful access to video. Um, and so I can either, if you're local, we can work locally or we can work via online for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and I this is and, um, people are like, you can do meditation on online. It's been very successful actually. So it's a great, um, uh, meditation can definitely be done on a zoom call like this. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I just learned Reiki can be done. I mean, like I said, I knew it, but I just could, I just felt it in my body right now. Like that was. Yeah. That was my favorite part. It's just about breaking the barriers. You know, this, um, you know, I tell my yoga students or meditation students before, you know, we start class, it's, you know, close your eyes and imagine the walls, the the computer is gone and we're all in here together. And when there's a power of that, you know, we can all, our energy can be really present with each other, even if our physical bodies aren't there. And that's the power of energy. It is everywhere all encompassing and it can travel so that's the beauty of it and which I think is one of the blessings of what's going on right now is we're we're having an opportunity to really connect with that Mm -hmm. absolutely and the technology can bring us together meditating with someone in India and someone in Australia and someone in the UK and someone in you know anywhere and we're all can be together you know at the same real time so I think that's so cool I think that um, there are definitely, definitely silver linings with all of this, you know? Absolutely. absolutely. Well, thank you so much for um, joining me today, Lauren. Um, This has been such a treat and I look forward to next time. I can't wait for next time. I look forward to it too. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Michelle. So good to talk to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. To learn more about today's guest and a wide range of other wellness professionals, please visit our global wellness community at wellville.com. W-E-L-V-I-L.com. I look forward to meeting you next time on the road to Wellville.